0: Yeah, buddy. Do you recognize this?
1: Once in every lifetime,
2: hey, yes, I day. do. Oh, I need you, you need
1: me. Oh, my darling, can't you see? Young ones, darling, with the young ones, the young ones. Shouldn't be afraid.
2: Have we hit an anniversary? <laughs> yeah, thirty five. Oh, last Whoa. episode.
0: That is The uh, Young Ones, Um, the intro theme. Uh, 35 years ago was when the last episode aired, and uh, that's crazy to me. Um, This was... I watched this live um, when it was on. Oh, really? When it came on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. not the first series. We're definitely not the first few episodes when they first aired, because... um, we had one TV in my house, obviously, when we were kids. Um, but this was something that everybody, like, you talk about water cooler talk or whatever. Back in the day in Britain and the UK, uh, or Britain and Ireland, um, this was what all the kids were talking about the next day at school. Did you see The Young Ones last sure. night? When it was on, you know, it was on BBC2. And uh, it was I was like, why are you fucking, what's The Young Ones? What are you talking about? I only really, like, finally managed to convince my parents to let me watch it, because I was quite young at the time and it's a, a, a anarchic comedy toilet humor as my, oh, yeah. my parents would say well um uh, uh when in the, for the second season um and uh it it's with it still has i have the fondest memories and um, one of those things that you would say uh, that you're exposed to from a cultural standpoint that helps shape you as a person. I mean, because we all loved it. All my friends, I mean, for everybody loved it. And then if you if you people who didn't like it, well, you probably didn't like them, you know. Yeah. Um, uh Written by um, uh, and created by Ben Elton, uh, Rick Mail, Lisa Mayer, uh, and Alexi Sale. And uh, you know Ben Elton, who is still was one of, was one of my favorite comedians at the time. Um, and I went to see him live in Dublin um, years after this, and read some of his books. Um, and he went on to write Blackadder as well, and uh, with Ben Curtis. Um, sure. So, and then Rick, you know, just the, with the cast of uh, um, uh, Rick Adrian Edmondson um, as Vivian, who's been in some Star Wars films. Yeah. He was in uh, Force Awakens, or was in Last Jedi. Last Jedi, I think he was in. He was the uh, Empire officer on the on the uh, in the Walker. When Kylo Ren first sees Luke, sure, in sure, last year. yep. Anyway, Adrian Edmondson, uh, Rick Mail uh, as Rick, uh, Nigel Planer as um, uh, uh, Neil, uh, Christopher Ryan as Mike, and then Lexi Sale would pop in and pop out as different characters. Um, um, but it, it, it's uh, it was it's one of uh, almost a perfect television show for me. Sure, um, British television show. Yeah, um, and it followed the same rules. Then they did it deliberately that um, uh, like. Faulty Towers did. um, They just made, and The Office then in turn did that. You know, he he made two seasons, seasons, six episodes per season. That's it. And you know, it served it. Yeah, when they went out though, it was like, oh my god, you got to make another one. You got to make a film, and they just never did. They never went back to that. Well, it is good, and because it's just it stood. You know, over the years, it's kind of like. Made it legendary almost, because yep. and then people, you know, watch them over and over and over again as I did when I was young, just to glean any kind of extra bit you might have missed, because there were so many little jokes in the background, um, that you might have missed, and there's so much going on, and just it was constantly coming at you. Like they had a weirdly, they always had a musical guest. Or we so half of oh, yeah. the episode, yeah. they'd have yeah. someone like uh, Motorhead, yeah. Madness, madness, yeah, yeah. Uh, the um, the damned, you know, would just pop in and 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 do a play, be playing in their front room. And, um, it was just, I mean, God, we quote this back, this is the first thing I can remember, like, quoting back and forth to my mates. Sure. And, um, uh, and I think the only reason why my mom let me watch it, because she had kind of more of an anarchic sense of humor, she was a big Monty Python fan, um, so... Uh, she kind of talked my dad into let me watch because it was like, <laughs> oh, you should can't let watch him. He's too yeah. young to watch. This is foul. This is like not foul, but this is like crude and rude. And they say bastard and mm. calling people wankers. Oh, and yeah, beer bollocks and stuff and giving each other the V's, which is like the finger. Sure. But um, yeah, man, I fucking love this show, and I, I just I'm interested to see what the bleed over into American uh, into the into the American culture, if any, there was for this show.
2: Well, it came out um, MTV started airing these shows uh, in the mid eighties. It wasn't, it had already come and gone in the okay. UK. Um, and it, so it was already a phenomenon somewhere. And then, it, uh, maybe it was 1985, I think. So it was the perfect age for me, you know, it was like 12, 13 years old. And it was that kind of humor. Um, I, I don't know that a lot translated over except for just the irreverence. Right. Um, some of the slap, you know, all the slapstick shit. Um, just the the pure silliness of it um and i like my group of friends and i we probably got the episodes out of order and we yeah. weren't overly familiar with some of the bands cause, like madness had kind of come over here sky had just sort of reached the states i think well you know um coming off of the the punk and the um uh what is the what bridge the gap between punk and sky um two-tone yeah. Um, yeah. So that whole business had kind of already flooded a, a little bit. So it kind of set up, um, you know, like, like like I remember when Madness came on, we we're like, oh, we know that band. They do this one song and like, oh, this is something else. The House of Fun. What is this? And so, you know, that's a fun song. So then we went and, you know, kind of like tracked down more of that. Yeah. And that music. Um, and yeah. I, I remember quoting a little, not to the degree that you guys did. Um, I remember it was like kind of like a secret thing, too. It's like if you were at school, or if you had friends, and people were like, "Hey, did you see this show?" Yeah. You know, like most people, it didn't make their radar because it was too um, foreign, I suppose. You know, in, in some way, you know, the, the humor and the things that they were talking about and what they were, the grievances they had, we couldn't really relate to. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, I remember fond, like I wa- we watched it, you know, every chance that we could get, and much later, later on, I remember when I was in the corps. Actually, there was a guy who was a massive young ones fan and he had like them all on recorded whether i can't remember if it was like a dvd or a vhs tape uh, yeah and that was like a common bond like oh you know the young ones too oh you know Vivian yeah, oh, you know? yeah let's go watch it and you know um
0: there's i'm, I'm my because my son being like 14 now this is the perfect time for him I, have to we, be we even talked about what the show's about um well it's about it's uh it's about students these four students um uh who live in this well, four students. Three of them were... Well, they never really went to I was going to say, do we ever go see them no. go to school? Just, no. Yeah. These four students, though, who live in this house and yep. they fucked up shit happens to them. I mean, it, it's... And
2: they all were like a certain archetype too, kind of yeah. like they were all wildly different. You
0: have Neil the hippie. You have uh, Vivian the, the punk, punk rocker. Yeah. You have Mike, the kind of ladies' man. And then you have Rick, who's just a fucking nerd.
2: Yeah. Just like a straight guy, kind of...
0: Socially yeah. awkward weirdo. You know, not... Um, and um, it's, you know... All the episodes had different, like I'll just run through the episode list because they all had one word names except for the last episode. Um, Demolition, Oil, Boring, Bomb, Interesting, Flood. Boring, I'm so bored. Yeah, Yeah, I'm I'm so so bored. bored, bored, bored. And then in season two you had Bambi, Cash, Nasty, Time, Sick and the final episode Summer Holiday. Which is kind of takeoff of a movie called Summer Holiday starring Cliff Richard. Who, if you remember, Rick was obsessed with Cliff Richard. Um, the the singer. He was like a, yeah. the English version of Elvis Presley, if you like, a nice version of Elvis, you know. Um, and we're quite super famous. I mean, he had so many number one hits in the UK and Ireland, like Cliff Richard through his career, but never really broke in over here. Yeah. But he there was a movie called Summer Holiday where they, they were on this double-decker bus driving around with girls and stuff. And anyway, if you've seen the last episode, there's a whole nod to that. Um, my favourite episode is Bambi. Um, where they go on this show called University Challenge? Oh
2: yeah, it's got Hugh Laurie in it.
0: Yeah, it does. Hugh Laurie's in it. Stephen Fry is yeah. in it. Um, um, Ben Elton is in it, and it you there's a it's a litany of uh, who's who in the comedy scene in the UK and actors as well who was you know famous back then and like you have Mel Smith, Mel Smith and Griffith Jones were in that episode too. Um, there yeah Lenny Henry, uh, Dan, uh, Don Don French and Jennifer Saunders, uh, who uh, was married to Adrian Edmondson too. So um, it, it's it's a who's and, and if you don't know them they're um, no one does uh, the French and Saunders are no they're um, absolutely fabulous those people absolutely fabulous Jennifer Saunders is absolutely fabulous that she wrote that show so it's um, if you haven't ever seen The Young Ones they're out there on YouTube sure um, you have to check them out it's really wacky it's, it's fucking really super irrever- wacky yeah ar- um, super reverent. but Bambi was a fun one because it was it was a take off this real show called University yeah. Challenge yeah. that they actually got somehow got to go on and when I was a kid, because how, how they would show the, the, the this show, they would basically split the screen because, you know, you'd have the two teams sitting side by side, side, by side each other, right? So just so you, instead of doing a really big shot of the Like two, a wide shot. yeah, wide shot in four half, teams, yeah. and, they, and each team had four members yep. on University Challenge. They just would stack them. They would cut the screen in half and stack them one on right. top of the other just for the, so you could see them all on the screen at the same time as they buzzed in and super, ner- super you know, hard general knowledge. Right. So, But in the show, and I always thought, I never knew that that was, I always thought they were stacked. Yeah. Like that was just the set. They were stacked. And in this show, Bambi, where they go on University Challenge, they are stacked. Yeah. Because at one point, uh, Vivian kicks his head, or kicks his foot through and kicks uh, Lord Snot, who's played by Stephen Fry, in the head and knocks him out and then throws a hand grenade down there. And then another time, Neil has to pee and he pees on Lord Snot's head because they're literally on them, top right, of them, yeah. which is actually not the case. And I always thought that was kind of funny because I never knew up until that point that, oh, they're not really stacked. They're not it's really a stacked. Split screen. Yeah. That's also the episode that Motorhead played Ace of Spades in. It's a fucking brilliant show. Um, And uh, I would definitely you know check it out if you haven't checked it out. And it's 35 years old. The last episode aired 35 years ago, which is beyond bizarre to me. But uh, if you... There's certain bits and certain episodes that I could sit here and repeat back oh, to you sure. add not like now, even now, like such a long time ago. Because that was all we did. You know, we just talked about the young ones and just relived the young ones, reenacted the young ones with each other. But yeah, I just wanted to kinda Yeah. You know, a little kind of salute to that show and that part of my early life. Adam, uh I went to the film cinema. What did you see? Recently. I went to see Doctor Sleep. Ooh. I also saw Frozen Two. Um, in the <laughs> interim, um, did you see? it? Was it the back-to-back? Was it a double feature? Yeah, we brought the whole family. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, five out of ten for Frozen too. You know,
2: five out of ten as an adult male. Yeah, yeah. No, or five 10, out of 10? ten. Ten
0: point five out of ten from my ten-year-old right. daughter. Okay. And five out of ten from Eli, oh. who's usually a very lenient yeah, was marker.
2: Say, what has he ever given anything else a five?
0: No, not that I can remember. Yeah, oh He wow. was like, yeah, it was good, fine. Yeah. He what, we, fine. what did
2: he give the original Frozen?
0: Uh, I think that Do was more recall? like an eight. Yeah. Yeah, he liked it a lot. It's a better film, Frozen. Uh, here we are again, you know, sequels, so are sure. they ever any good? It's hard, yeah. It is hard. The, the songs seem better. You know, I'm not saying there's not some great songs in Frozen too. Well, sure well, like will Frozen was
2: based off of, of like a Hans Christian Andersen tale, right? Like the the Snow Queen or the Ice Queen or something. Yeah. So then, when when you take like a classic story like that and then try to build an extension yeah. off of it, you're going to lose something, yeah. right?
0: But you, the, you know, the characters Olaf, the singing, the, the songs were great in Frozen. I remember being at Frozen 2. I don't really like musicals. I know I, there's this uh, someone out there listens to us and says, "Yeah, you like musicals." You say you don't. Yeah. I know. Maybe that's true. Yeah. I don't no, I know. I know we can talk about that later. But uh, it's a. Uh, you know, I remember thinking these songs are good. And, and when I went to see this one, I was like, "These, these songs are boring." I was bored, and I, I think I put something out on social media. it's like, it's always a good if I go to see a film like this, it's always a good barometer if I fell asleep during it or not. I did. Yeah, I did fall asleep during this film. Five out of ten. Right. So that's Frozen Two. That's I, what that is. I had
2: read something the other day about Frozen Two. They're like, if you thought Baby Shark was annoying and like just a, mm. a like a worldwide monster, that there's a song in Frozen that's worse that will be bigger so I can't wait to be exposed Fuck. to that
0: anyway so yeah Frozen 2 but Doctor, so, Sleep, Doctor Sleep Okay, I so, did see and right. I'm gonna before we talk about it I'm gonna play the trailer okay
1: when I was a kid there was a place a dark place they closed it down and let it rot but the things that lived there I don't they come back. Oh, Not many ride the bus this far north. You're running away from something.
2: <gasps> I'm running away from myself, I guess. <gasps>
1: You can hear me. Your magic, like me. I don't know about magic. I always called it the shining. The world is a hungry place. A dangerous place. These people,
0: they hurt people like us.
1: These empty devils, they'll eat what shines. And they've noticed that little girl. Well, hi. know. Get out of my head! Get out! I haven't felt power like that in so long. They're coming. Where are we going? There's a place. For years. Come play with us forever and ever.
2: so what were your thoughts after watching that
0: um i really liked it an awful lot um and i've been thinking about this um because I, maybe part of me really liking it is because I haven't liked an awful. I've I've been missing a lot of the cinema lately. There hasn't been many films. Some films like *A Frozen 2 have been fine, but nothing like that I really liked. I really got into like you know *Terminator: Dark Fate*. You know, yeah. *The Dead Don't Die*. Yeah, it's I've be, I've just missed a lot lately, and this one I didn't. It was very entertaining. A little trepidation going in because you're. It's a sequel for a start, and it's a sequel to it a beloved movie and sure. we've touched on this before before yep. Halloween as voted as the number one horror movie of all time um, we, I don't know if that's the case but um, it is a brilliant masterpiece um, from Stanley Kubrick but uh, I, I was super you know not nervous about it because I mean I, I like The Shiny an awful lot I don't love it love it like other people do but you know, again, you're thinking you're going in with a little bit. Yeah, this is—is is this going to be any? Good? Well, it's
2: a sequel, but it's equal with, with like proper source material because right. it was a book Followed written book, by right. Stephen King, which you've read. Yeah, which I yeah. And
0: did you enjoy the book? Uh, yeah, it was great. Um,
2: yeah, I you know I I, I didn't I, I listened to it. It was an audiobook because you know I drive a lot right. for work, so I'm always looking for something to listen to. Um, and usually, I've I've probably listened to the first 20 minutes of a hundred audiobooks because if it doesn't grab you right away, if it can't hold your attention. Um, but this one did. And I was driving in the middle of like at midnight driving back from Emporia. Um, and it was like raining a little bit and it was foggy. So it was, the atmosphere was just right to start the book. Yeah. And then it like got me into it. And so I went on. Um, yeah, it was great. Uh, here's the thing. I never read the shining. I only saw the movie. Yeah. So now I'm like, well, fuck, I gotta go read that book because I'm wondering how much and a lot's
0: changed. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. A lot's I mean, changed. It's cubic changed it quite a bit. Uh, changed from the book. To the, oh yeah to yeah, and I know that Stephen King movie. is like right he's on record and, and saying he'd he would rather do that like he'd rather take um something that's already out there and then make it better quote they're his they're his words not mine right yeah yeah and um, and that's I don't know if that necessarily and then, and the reason like, Stephen about King before, hates but, that movie like yeah. he hates it the whole situation because he did change an awful lot
2: yeah it's funny at the end of the book he even is like you know the movie The Shining you know was beloved by some people I guess you know like right. a little tongue-in-cheek though but uh, it didn't sound as raw as it probably was back then when the shining came out i think um, there's a
0: little retribution Well, he did he 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 remade it himself yeah. like he wrote it and we talked about that when we talked about the shining mm-hmm. but i think it's good that we do talk about the shining too because um there's a reason why they made this you know because of the shining and so such an iconic film and they yeah. wanted to kind of tap into that again which and they did it really really well um some of the things i loved about uh, that were similar to the shining were were, were the um the, the hotel then again becomes a character in the yep. film, and 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 those shots and he, I heard you got the to see the you have those. to because yeah. you recreate those, those initial shots where dr- the Torrance family are driving up to the Overlook yep. that you know Kubrick shot with with um, uh, helicopters mm-hmm. is it's it's the pr- it's just a brilliant start oh to yeah. the film yeah and I'm sure they didn't use necessarily helicopters God, it could be CGI it could be drones I don't know but uh, they did that they did it was a lot of callbacks to mm-hmm. that and and then the music was there. Because the music, very Paul uh, Thomas Anderson, like... um He has, uh, you know, super influenced by Stanley Kubrick. Because Stanley Kubrick used music really, really well in his films, and to keep you off kilter, especially in a movie like The Shining, like incidental music just kind of out of nowhere, like really like builds up that tension with the music. They did that a lot with this, which I was happy that they did. And they also used the original, some of the original music, which is written by Wendy Carlos and Rachel Elkind. They used that stuff too in the second movie, so you got that, which I thought was great. No, it's great. Yeah. Um, but there's um. Uh, what else did I like about it? The, um, there was a the heartbeat. You you heard a heartbeat quite a bit, you know, which I know is a kind of an easy trope to use to kind of ratchet up tension. But every sure. time someone shined, you got a heartbeat. Oh, okay. Um, uh, there is a super graphic murder scene where they murder a kid, which I didn't care for because. You know, sometimes I think that's a bit too much. Um, yeah, was
2: there a baseball glove in... Yes. Yeah, I know the scene. God, that was, yeah, it was it's, hard to it's, watch. W- it was rough, but it also set the tone God, for the rest of the... Because these people are monsters, because Right, you, know? you needed that, something so irreprehensible to to trigger then the rest of the movie. Right. Because the, these people have been killing people for ages. Yeah, they,
0: they, they went back to the original movie, but they didn't use... Obviously, footage from the original movie, they reshot certain things as Danny as a kid. So they used right. different actors. They didn't CGI them. Shelley Duval wasn't in it. Obviously, they used a yeah. different actress. So they didn't fuck up her. I, and I liked that. Oh, okay, yeah. and, and Jack yeah, Nicholson as well. Like yeah. the Jack character is in it. And it's just a, a different actor. Sure. I, I like that. You know, let's get away from trying to make people look younger or CGI their faces onto people. Like yeah. it's, the, it's distracting. Just put another actor in there. I know who the fuck he's supposed to be. It's fine. <laughs> right, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, but it was a homage and also a continuation of yeah. of The Shining. Um, um there, I'm not going to give away the end, because you know you should definitely go see it, and it's still out now. Um, but there are some really cool, like Room two two thirty seven was in it. Woman and the woman in the bats in it quite a bit. Yep. The twins, they're all there. Um, I loved uh, um the maze. Um, it, it's, I, I I think it's the the end. After the end, when the credits are rolling, they have this old-timey music which they had in the first in the first movie, mm-hmm. and then when the music fades out, the last two three because I stayed till the very very end, the last two to three minutes are just like the wind kind of howling oh, that's cool. around the Overlook yeah. at least in my mind. Yeah. and it was just a really nice way to end it. Um like I said, I won't tell you what happens in the end. It is basically Danny Torrance goes back and he is he his he's basically repaying his debt that he from the first movie from his yep. shining mentor he's doing the same thing for someone else and then they're being chased or are they chasing these characters yeah. it's not really a horror movie no. I, I thought no, it was more like a revenge film like kind of an a buddy movie yeah in a way kind of yeah like yeah, a kind, that's of, kind of, a,
2: of how the book played it wasn't really scary it was not creepy, scary yeah, creepy and there were moments that were kind of really creepy and um, yeah but yeah it wasn't
0: but i think it's interesting because i i went back when i i watched this um and then look back at The Shining again. I didn't re-watch The Shining, because I've seen it enough times. Sure. But I, I found this other movie called Room 237, yep. which is a documentary yep. that I watched. And it just goes to show how, you know, kind of what I was talking about, about how you'd be a little bit nervous about this film. Because there's so many people who are not just, like, obsessed, but unhealthily obsession oh, maybe yeah. with The Shining, where yeah. they watch it over and over and looking
2: over again. Looking for clues and looking for yeah, connections. because Kubrick was
0: the master of the Easter egg. I mean, he right, yeah. probably helped create that term, you know, because he would put things in his movies. You know, he was very, very specific in the way he, he... He he was the one who lit every scene. He was the one who set every scene up. And he put things in there to ha- that had other meanings to him that, you know, and he wouldn't talk about it. He's right, like, right, hey, right. You, I meant that then. You figure it out. You whatever right. it means Interpret to you whatever it is. Want to. Yep. So Jesus yeah, Christ, yeah. they went fucking everywhere. If you watch this documentary, Room Two Thirty Seven, they go everywhere. It's about the Holocaust. It's about the wiping out Native Americans. The Western oh culture wiping out Native yeah. Americans. Um, uh, sex ghosts and um, subliminal messaging. Um, the, and 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 you can. Those it it's way too much. You can you can if you watch something so many times and try to find something you can find anything. Oh yeah, in anything. for sure. Yep. And it, this this documentary is very like that. They are finding... Like, some of it is fucking ridiculous. Right. And then you, you, you start tipping the scales where... Um, and I didn't realize this was a thing, where Stanley Kubrick supposedly filmed the moon landing. Did you know that? Oh, boy. So this guy then steps into that world. He goes, and, you know, and that's how I know he was the one who filmed the moon landing. <laughs> right, And yeah. then he goes, Gee, no, not that I don't think we didn't go to the moon, but, you know, he filmed the shots, the scenes that we did, and, you know, and I proved it, you know, and he starts... Yeah. Going, I'm like, dude. So it definitely... St- slips off into the realm like the does this he duck, look like charlie day with all the papers on the wall and you the couldn't see him just the, oh. voiceovers yeah okay there's, good they all, all they That's did was good. show Kubrick movies sure and then they had voiceovers of the people who are talking about him and um, a part of this film but it is um like i said you can unpack a uh, numer- numerology they start sure. talking about oh, yeah. oh if you add two and six and three and seven six 42 and this means 42 and he puts this i mean come right. on man Yep. I, I get it if Kubrick put those things in maybe he did put some of them in but dude, you could you could take anything from anything. Yep. You know, The Shining is a great movie. Um, is it Kubrick's best movie? Probably not. Probably two thousand and one. I think it's probably his best movie. Mm-hmm. Or Doctor Strangelove. I think I enjoyed that. It's,
2: yeah, it's up there an, an awful lot. But um, or the first half, Full Metal Jacket. It's okay.
0: Yeah, that is it, the first half. Yeah. Oh my god, yeah. that is incredible. Yep. Um, it's a shame the second half kind of let yeah, that I down. Know. But um, you know, I, I I don't know if. Um, but I think The Shining is, it, there's no other film, at least that I can think of, off the top of my head, that has this amount of kind of, like no one else has made a documentary about the people who are obsessed about watching The Shining. Oh, no oh like I see it. what you're saying. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So I think, and you know, I get it. You know, it makes, he he, he did a really good job in the film making you feel unsettled mm-hmm. constantly. Yep. And, and I think that and Doctor Sleep yeah Doctor, Sleep, yeah, Doctor Sleep doesn't do it quite that well, but it definitely um, is, it's definitely got some of the same kind of feeling behind it. Yeah. And um, and again, maybe I just hadn't seen a good film in a long time, and I finally got to see one, so it made it all the bear.
2: Sure. So you saw a movie. Yeah. You saw Doctor Sleep, and you saw Frozen. Um, have two. you also Frozen two. Frozen two? Right, Frozen Two. My uh, my apologies. Um, have you also uh, have you seen any new TV? Because you know we're three episodes in now to Rick and Morty. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's yeah. Is there only one left? For the year? Oh, is that it? I, I don't think know. it's just four I am, I am dug that for the it.
2: year. Maybe four episodes this year, and then take a break, and then come back. Think so. You know, I what I always forget is that there's only four seasons. I don't know why I feel like yeah. it's so much more. And each uh, season is pretty so rich, short. though. Every episode it is, is so rich. Every episode is so rich. Yeah. Um, and the last episode that I saw was the funniest one that I've seen in a while. Yeah, and ridiculous. The school. Uh, so I'm glad one. that they're um, they're keeping it up. That the momentum that they built up uh, is still is still going. Even though with the toxic fandom and shit like that, but the show is just
0: Does it have toxic too fandom? Clever. Oh
2: yeah. Ugh. Yeah, it
0: does. So um first episode was Edge uh, Edge of Um uh Tomorty, Rick Dyer, Rick Pete, which is the the Edge of Tomorrow one. Yep. Um the next one was the Old Man in the Sea, which is such a it was sad. And it was almost like a Rick solo adventure. Yeah. And yeah. He, you know, you don't have any friends and then he realized that the, the guy know. was kinda of becoming his friend. Y- yeah. And then he died, and it was just sad. And he sat in the seat, he's the king of shit, and all that stuff. Um, <laughs> because Rick is a tragic figure, oh, he may be very. a fucking asshole. Yeah. And that's what
2: they're saying that like people who idolize Rick are, are like borderline sociopaths, right. like you should not no. idolize this he's person. A fucking he's fucking arson, he's awful, yeah.
0: yeah. Um, and he was tragic, and he's sad, and he's yeah. you know, maybe the smartest man in the universe, but and then I think that the moniker of smartest man in the universe was really put to the test or showed off in the last in episode. the last of one crew, yeah. over, one crew over the crew coos, Morty, <laughs> God, a lot of, lot of crews for the heist. Yeah. Um, and it was fucking deadly. It was, it was deadly. really good.
2: It was intricate. And boy, God, was <laughs> it just,
0: yeah. Yeah. If you haven't been watching it, um, check, g- get back, in, pull yourself back into, to Rick and Morty. It's, uh, Specifically, as Adam said, the last episode, which was on Sunday, just gone. Uh, it was, uh, and then there's no one, there's none this Sunday because obviously with the holiday weekend, and then the Sunday after, though. Oh yeah. Will will be the fourth, and I think that's it for this that's season. Fine. I think, or at least for the year. Now it might not be for the whole season, but, um, uh, but I think there's only four episodes. For the first chunk is just these four episodes. Um, yeah, the crew, who's Morty, is is, is excellent oh, with the whole God, it's heist so funny it, thing. yeah, it. And just shows how brilliant and deranged Rick is, and selfish, and shitty. Yeah, you know. But uh, yeah, so that's Rick and Morty. But um, Expanse season four starts up in December thirteenth. Yeah. So that's on Amazon Prime. You should definitely check that out. If you actually if you haven't watched the Expanse, hugely recommend. Yeah, it. absolutely. Best sci-fi, it's most very clever, smart, most sci-fi. intellectual sci-fi yeah. out there. Um currently available and um it's all on amazon prime
2: i hope this is the last season i don't
0: i think i don't know we'll see i, I want it i don't know we'll see
2: i want it to be compact and dense and rich in the story i don't want it to go off the rails like other shows have. but you know um
0: like battle galactica yeah yeah yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll see but it's um amazon prime obviously it was cancelled by sci-fi and then amazon prime brought it back so they might not they have a lot of money so they might continue yeah, to throw money at this thing yep. um and then um we also have um uh the Christmas Carol on FX. I think we talked about you, that in yep. the Christmas episode. Yep, That's coming December 19th. 19th. Definitely check that out. And then there's another little show starting back up um, on New Year's Day, I believe, when they're going to show the first episode of the new season. And I have a trailer for that. I'll just play that. in the Sure. Show there's speak for no itself. way
2: that anyone sees what's coming. You know what? I wonder what this could be.
1: Hmm. The name's Doctor. The Doctor. What? The security of this entire planet is at stake. Can we rely upon you? I'm not where I want it to be. Back and work with this. Whoa. From what? what? I don't suppose you've seen anything weird around here. You believe this is him? Mm. What's the plan? You trust me, don't you? Ah. Have I got one answer that? Where are we? Paris, 1943. Oh no. Something's coming for me. I can feel
2: it. Let it come. Because we miss? Family.
1: Get away from them! We know things will get into the TARDIS. you going <laughs> to die.
2: What have you brought here,
1: Doctor?
0: Wow, so uh,
2: I'm here. Action heavy.
0: Fuck's sake, it looks like a fucking James Bond film. Yeah. Like a lot of money been put into mm-hmm. this show now. Fucking where on earth have we come from from back in the day where the Daleks were just trundling around and the they, they were just <laughs> looking, was made of like, cardboard they were, Yeah, they were looking them. for old costumes they could like throw on and make Reef, somehow like, make yeah. a fucking alien. I mean, you this is um yeah, this is there's some real money in this show now. Again, I mean it's a fucking worldwide phenomenon, so um Jody Whitaker. I, I don't think you've seen the last season. Yeah, I have. You have? Oh, good. Because yeah, I think I think we she's almost great. tried I, to talk about it once. You're like, I haven't watched yet. Oh, yeah, I yeah, slapped yeah, you yeah, around a few yeah, times and yeah. like, took your who card off you. And um, but she is great.
2: She's great, and I love the non-traditional companions. Uh, yeah, um, and yeah.
0: Bradley Bradley Walsh, Tosin Cole, and uh, Mandip Gill, who are great. Mm-hmm. Um, a little family vibe, which the whole vibe seems to be family orientated. Yep. Um, and Jodie Whittaker has been excellent so far. She has. Um, yeah. very, very, you know. She's the first female doctor. Great stuff. And she's been super great in the role. And um, obviously, as you know, uh, we have... Once we get through the Matt Smith time and then we had Capaldi, who we both really, really liked. I think that this is... Is she... Well, I don't know. It remains to be seen. I still enjoyed Capaldi more now but then it's only one give season it time, in yeah. yeah give it time yeah. who knows and um, she's done really well but I was thinking about that the other day I mean how many seasons can we expect to have for her I'd say give her another two maybe two max at this time they don't stick to the role as long like say like your Tom Baker was there for eight years or whatever right. it seems to be more of a like uh, anywhere from three to five years is kind of like where they kind of time out on because this essentially propels her into superstardom, you know? And oh, for sure. And then opens yeah. up a whole new world of acting for her and yep. a different work it, that it she do. It so seems so that
2: it's more story-driven than anything else. Like, it's like they have already a story arc, you know, because it was that way with David Tennant. Right. And it was that way with Matt Smith. and then The overarching ar- yeah, story. Like we know there. that yeah. we're starting with something, we're building on something, and every season is just kind of a link to the one before and after it. Right. Uh, and then you know that they're building to something specific, so... Um it's good. It it allows it to not become stale and it changes the dynamic up and you it's almost like every new doctor is a different show. Completely. It kind of uses the same framework and bones but the um the skeletal structure is the same but then you've got a com- completely different um you know body laid on this on yeah. this bone. So Like Doctor so Who, who yeah.
0: is like a nice version of Rick Sanchez.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's you know? really yeah, no, you're right. He's yeah.
0: good-hearted Rick Sanchez. Yeah. He's a smart man, like, smart person you Like in the universe. Doctor Who
2: and Doc Brown put them together and you Right. Then whatever the opposite of that is, right, is you know, Rick Sanchez. Yeah.
0: So, yeah. Uh, yeah, everyone, Doctor Who, uh, New Year's Day. Let's look for that. So something like to to get you out of the the doldrums of post Christmas, you can look forward to New Year's Day on BBC America watching uh, the first. I think it's the it's not Christmas special because they stopped doing those with Doctor Who too. But it's the first. It's the special introductory episode to the new season. I don't know if it will run on after that. It probably won't. I think this will be the a one-off. I think, and then they'll roll for the new season after.
2: Yeah. So, so ride the Mandalorian wave until you get to Doctor Who. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And Watchmen. If you haven't watched it yet, I haven't. Oh my God. I know. Um, I know. <laughs> I know, and I, I'm, I, because I, I, I don't have HBO, and oh, I need to. Right. I'm almost tempted just to get it for like a month again, and then or wait, just wait, just wait until it's It's all over. I know, but trials. people are fucking posting about it constantly. I think something happened this last episode because the fucking social media blew up about it. Sure. Oh my god, it's the greatest television show made, ever made. What a fucking hour of TV! Uh, uh, this last episode was really good, but the one before it, I think, is
2: the one that when uh, you get to about? that, you're going to go, oh, okay, yeah, that's They've corrected the, there's been some course correction hmm. with the the property in general. And now you realize that it's it has even from the first episode it's been on that right track.
0: All right, good. I think you're gonna take
2: it. Yeah.
0: I know, a lot of people love it, man. Mm. And I'm one of those people ready and waiting to love it a lot. But you know it. there's just so
2: much shit out there, it's like how do you prioritize?
0: I will prioritize what? well, I haven't obviously yet. But then I'm just being cheap. I just don't want to pay for HVR. Uh, right fair now. enough. Yeah. Hence yeah. the way I tried to get in that uh, flex account. Yeah. Floof fluff fluff. Um so uh, I'm, you know, yeah, let's, um, I'm probably going to have to just stump up the 14.99 dollars for a month, and then... Um,
2: and then, but you've also got his Dark Materials. I know, I know. A really couple so of I mean, great things on right yeah, now on a couple HBO. Good things. Yep, HBO. Yep. Anyway, um, okay.
0: that's TV. So we're going to run right into, well, cue some music. So it's Paul Corner.
2: So, um, recently, um, we had the 30th anniversary party at the brewery where the brewery that Davey and I worked for turned 30 years old and we had a big party and it was a, like a who's who. We got to see a lot of people that we hadn't seen in a very long time. Yeah. And what's crazy is that out of so the, it was, it was super fun. Um, in addition to all of the shenanigans and all of that, um, it seemed like uh, there was a half a dozen people that we hadn't seen in a while They came up like, Oh man, I listened to you guys. Yeah. I listened to your podcast. I mean, Phil in Florida is listening yeah. to it. Uh, Tim is, um, or Dustin in, in the uh, Pacific Northwest has yeah. listened to it. Um, and so that was really cool. And it was great to see those guys just in general. And then, but even like, better when they said that what, they listened to yeah, us on, the, on our fucking show. Or yeah. Or and I was like, that's so, I mean, that's so cool. I had no so idea. Was, yeah, no, it was, uh, it was really touching. Um, and then, and, so one person I was talking to and, uh, they were with, they were standing next to another person and they were like, oh yeah, I'll, you know, listen to your podcast. And I was like, that's so cool. And then the other person was like, oh, you have a podcast. What's it about? And the original person was like, oh, it's, you know, like a bunch of nerdy stuff. And she was like, well, how nerdy, like what kind of nerdy stuff do you talk about? Do you talk about Dungeons and Dragons? And I'm like, have we, I don't know no. that we, we haven't, which is crazy. Um, and not really crazy, but you know, that is a, I, you know, a portion of nerddom that you would think that we would talk about more often um but that got me thinking about a podcast that i so a couple of years ago um no not even that long ago i was like aching to find a a, a game to to play like a group you know to, to step right, into and yeah. start playing. i remember right? you talking about that yeah and, and still now i'm still like looking for a group of people that i like to play with the chemistry that i have chemistry with um to sit down and play like a campaign over a, over a significant period of time. But, um, and so in lieu of that, to kind of scratch that itch, I stumbled into the world of RPG podcasts and these are, you know, podcasts where people are, you know, when you, you're listening to every episode is a portion of a campaign with people sitting around the table. Yeah. And it's as good or bad
0: as you think it could be. (laughs) So they're Um, just mic'd themselves into them playing rolling dice and shit. Um, or are they summarizing? Is it actually live playing? Well, there's, there's both. So okay. the, the,
2: what you name it, and I mean, it's like any podcast, you name it out there. Like if you're like, man, I want to listen to a podcast about goats on fire, you know, Google right. will come back and be like, well, okay, what kind of goat? Right. You know, because it exists out there. Um, so there, it, it ranges, you know, like if you're super familiar with uh, role playing games, there are podcasts that you can dive into and like, you know, there's no explanation. It's just like you are listening to a group of people go through a campaign, um, both in character and out of character. Um, and so there's, there's a, I mean, there's hundreds and hundreds of them out there, but there's, there's a few that I would want to mention briefly. I'm not going to take up too much time. Um, but a good place to start if you're interested in RPG, if you've never played, um, at all and you're like, well, I kind of want to see what the, you know, what the phenomenon is about. There's a podcast called join the party. And that's really good for beginners because like basically the first arc is them being very careful and going slow and kind of talking about the rules for most rpgs and okay. i think they play the dungeon dragon fifth edition um which is not overly complicated um it's there's not as much dice throwing as there is um like kind of the theater of the mind yeah. uh, but the, the first arc i think takes you just basically like this is how the game is we played di- we're and diving
0: then, deep into some nerd shit right yeah now, buddy.
2: um and then what not so much though that's the thing is when you start looking at these the podcasts out there um it's not like these super you know like what you imagine as being, you know, a, like a Dungeons and Dragons player, like the stereotypical, it's just average people that like getting together with their friends and playing something that they can all kind of be a part of. Um, but Join the Party is a good one to start with, uh, because then after that first arc, which is basically like this is how we play, it actually goes into a proper of them actually live role playing. You know, like every episode is a uh, a part of the campaign. Um there's also a podcast called Dragon Talk, which is um a podcast from Wizards of the Coast. And Wizards of the Coast is the company that actually produces and and runs and operates Dungeons and Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. Um and that, that podcast is more um about people in the industry like um, you know, different games, different campaigns and just, you know, how the game has changed and how the game is played. Um and it has like you know some some pretty popular people on there. Uh, Critical Role is a uh, is a YouTube channel. I mean they they've kind of made their name via YouTube, but they have some really great podcasts, which is just live gameplay. And you see some celebrities like Felicia Day and Will Wheaton come on there. Okay, uh, but they use a lot of voice actors. Critical Role does. Um, so okay. th- maybe people who are enthusiastic about the game, but they're also their day job is voice actors. So the production value is high, but you kind of lose a little bit of that like friends getting together to to do something. Um, Nerd Poker is one as well, and that's hosted by Brian Posehn, and it's him and Who's his he? friends. Brian Posehn? Yeah, he was the space cab driver in the first episode of Mandalorian. He's a comedian. Oh yeah, He's, yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. sorry, sorry. Um, and it's him and his buddies sitting around, and they've 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 been doing it for a very long time, and so it's kind of hard to drop in and drop out of that one. But the one, if I had to like recommend one for somebody, um, if they had any interest, because c- it can be entertaining and it can be insufferable. Uh,
0: Sounds like um, improv.
2: Yeah. Kind of, yeah. It kind of is because sometimes, that's entertaining. Is. sometimes it's entertaining, sometimes it's a bag of shit. It's shit. Yeah, yeah. Um, but there's one called Adventure Zone, and it's um, it's the McElroy brothers. They already had a, uh, they have a podcast called My Brother, My Brother and Me, which is kind of a, a like an advice podcast, like where they take questions from um, users that are listening that submit them, and then they go to um, Yahoo Answers and they find a question, and then read the question, and then the answers that are given, and it's 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 pretty good. But they did a, like a special episode where they're like, you know what? We're gonna invite my, our dad in. And we're gonna do um, like a like a one off D and D campaign, and it was really funny and really clever. And so that spun them into their own the separate podcast called The Adventure Zone, um, and The Adventure Zone starts with I think with the oldest brother Travis Mack. I think it's Travis Macroy. He is running the campaign for his um, two brothers and his dad, and it's all done. It sounds like it's done via like Skype or you know yeah. they're in separate places in the world, right? Um, but it's, they take the rules, they simplify them, but the story was so good. Like the, the campaign and it was, it was like a year, I think a year long, like one episode a week, every year. Uh, this story was great and you really kind of get, a, um, like emotionally attached to their characters that mm-hmm. they have built, but it's really entertaining to hear them go from like in game, like, you know, is this your character talking or is this you talking, you know, cause it's a lot, a lot of yeah. jokes bandied back and forth. And it's like, wait, did your character say that? Or did you say that? Right. You know, um, it's fun. It, it is. It, it's well worth um, adventure zone. The adventure zone. The first campaign, the first, so to speak, season um, is is worth listening to. Uh, it's it, once you get the mechanics behind the first couple episodes and then you you know, then it's not so much you don't have to hear them You're like, OK, roll for initiative. Now, who goes first? Because they kind of eliminate that just for the flow of the show. Uh, but after a while, you start to understand why yeah. they're doing the things that they're doing. Um, but really, it's the story that they created and the campaign that they went through um, was well really
0: kind of touching and fun and a little bit exciting at points. Um, well, that's good. I, I, I like the sound of that. You know, what it reminds me of um, if any any ne- fantasy nerds out there like fantasy literature, they'd be uh, they'd know what the Dragonlance series of books are. Sure, and these are books written by. People co- two people called Margaret West and Tracy Hickman and they basically what they did was they had a D&D campaign that, they, that these books grew out of like this was oh, the I campaign and then I mean, they had their friends who played each character and then they sat down and they wrote it out and they covered, obviously, then they filled it all in and then wrote out this whole story. And then these two went on to write multiple books and different things. Some attached to the same characters from the Dragonlance world and some not. Some completely different things that they did. And, you know, honestly, some of the best fantasy book books stuff out there. So I think that's, this sounds similar to that, obviously, maybe... Maybe today, Margaret West and Tracy Hickman will be doing a podcast instead of actually sitting down there and writing the books because it sounds very, very similar. It, it, and I recommend the Dragonlance books to anybody and the, the twin books that came out after that and stuff. And just check out Margaret West and Tracy Hickman. They've got some really good stuff.
2: So the first season of Adventure Zone, um, the first uh, arc, uh, I can't remember what it was called, but it has become um, a, they've con- they've um, adapted it into a graphic novel that is amazing. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I mean, so yeah, so very, it is very similar. Very, it's on the nose, yeah. Um, so if you have any interest in um, RPGs in general, kind of learning about why they're so popular and why right. they're so fun, um, give the Adventure Zone a, a, a shot, I would say. Yeah, just don't it's ever kind of do that. Don't oh.
0: ever LARP. Don't ever live action role play. That's the one fucking rule we have here when we talk about this stuff. Don't be a fucking LARPer. I, I can't subscribe to that. I'm not I'm Oh not my God, he's going to yeah. LARP someday. I know Probably,
2: if <laughs> someone asked me to, I might do it uh, at least yeah. once. Can
0: I come along and video you? Yes, you may. Getting hit by a... Beanbag, a bag of rice, aka a fireball. <laughs> some fireballs. Yeah, I just want to swing some swords. So, um, I'm gonna go a uh, fucking opposite. Yeah. Um, uh, into reality based okay. podcast that I've been listening to. I've listened to that. All the seasons are out there. You can check it out now. And it's called the Stardust and podcast. And if um you want to check it out, uh, now obviously everyone knows I'm from Ireland. Now, and what? Ireland is yeah, is uh. You know where I grew up, my home, uh, and when I was a kid, there was certain things that kind of like signposts, you know, that you remember from a new standpoint. That um, you know, you just remember it was like a big deal. And and this podcast is about one, this one of these incidences, and it was basically there's a place called this. There was a place called the Stardust in Artane on the north side of Dublin, which is cl- kind of close to where I grew up in Kilbarry. Um, And it was a nightclub, you know, people like bands would play there, but they'd have a, you know, disco, this is back in the 80s. They'd have like dancing competitions there and all the kids, you know, from 15 up to 21 were probably going to this club, um, you know, drinking and, you know, alcohol, obviously. And on uh, 1981, on Valentine's Day on February 14th, uh, the stardust went on fire and burned to the ground and forty eight people died. Oof. Uh, yeah, so this is real. This is so uh forty eight people young people died, aging from like fourteen to twenty. Um and about eight, about two hundred and fifteen were injured and it was about eight eight hundred and fifty people there that night. Uh, I remember there was a kid off my road, well he was a kid, he was older than us, obviously we were really young, who was at the Stardust that night and I probably he talked anyone from the north side of Dublin they all know of someone, someone who was there, who was or there. someone who died. Right. Yeah. Um, so you think about that very close knit community, especially the north side, um, a working class, and then to be it ravaged by this fire that just cut all these people wow. down in their prime. Yeah. Um, and I found this podcast, and it's from the the Journal.ie, which is an Irish newspaper, and um, put it out, and um, it, it's very powerful and um, moved me emotionally a few times. Listen to it because. You know, it was it was so tough, and and these people and their parents. got some parents lost probably multiple their, all kids. their kids. Yeah, you know, um, and uh, it was like a fucking tornado dropped down, and someone says that in this podcast, like a tornado or an earthquake just dropped down in the middle of people's houses and just sucked people out, wow. and they yeah. were gone. Um. So uh, it's called Stardust, and um, you know, to give you, and the people are still looking for answers now because Ireland essentially I would say is a corrupt state from the government perspective and always kind of has been and this highlights this tragedy highlights how corrupt Ireland has been through the years I mean don't get me wrong I'm a huge advocate for my own country and I will tell people you should definitely visit there definitely go there because we need those tourist dollars we need that money but it's a corrupt it is a corrupt state and and these people haven't really had you know, justice even to this day. Um, I would liken it to um, if anyone's aware, the Hillsborough tragedy, where um, a bunch of uh, a hundred, oh God, I 98, I think it was, people died in Hillsborough football stadium when Liverpool played Sheffield Wednesday, and it they collapsed. were crushed to death. Oh, yeah, and um finally now that justice has kind of come for those people when the, the blame was pointed at them at one point. Similar here, said it was arson and someone inside, the, you know, must sure. have said it. Right. And that's all coming out to light that it wasn't, you know. And, you know, this was this place was owned by a, a family called the Butterleys who were very powerful and rich family in, in Dublin. So I'm not going to tell you what happens, but this is a it's basically, it walks through survivors, um, people's family are in this, and then it walks through where we are now today with this this tragedy and w- how what's happened because it's still live. Yeah. Um. And but I have an excerpt I want to play for you, and it's it's um there's a, a an Irish journalist called Eamon Dunphy who if you you know anything about Irish football soccer he uh, he's uh, he's always on the panel when Ireland plays someone on RTE, and he's uh um I met Eamon Dunphy once while well, I shouted at him in the street in <laughs> and uh, we were drunk he was drunk he was walking I, if that's walk. the case we're i've like, met a lot of people we were like Eamon! dumphy you're fucking great you know we yelled at yeah. like that man yeah. he was very opinionated journalist and um he i think encapsulated this podcast and then the feeling that it currently is uh, you know still going uh, as it pertains to this tragedy sure. so i'm going to play this excerpt from
1: um Stardust. here's what journalist Eamon dumphy thinks it is the worst scandal that remains unresolved. I mean, there are things like the Kerry Babies scandal, the abuse of people by the state continues, the hepatitis C scandal. Now we have cervical check and there is a, um, abuse of victims there, denial of responsibility and culpability. And the Stardust is emblematic really of how ruthless and cruel the Irish state is and how it remains as ruthless and cruel as it's always been. The refusal to give justice to these people and that community is an enduring scandal. It's tragic for those people and it's a sign of the endemic sickness in Irish society. It would not, could not have happened in my view in any other European country. It's so, so hard to watch those people and to reflect on the enduring cruelty, the savage nature of the Irish establishment. It's savage, it's brutal, it hasn't changed at all. Not at all since they were burying babies in graves. But the rhetoric has changed, the caring uh, speak has changed, but they still don't give a fuck.
0: Right. So wow. uh, it's it's a it's a it's a very harsh picture. A lot not like uh, uh, leprechauns and you know lonely roads and cows and sheep. I mean, but much more real, specifically to Dublin and um, to the Dublin I knew and that I left. Much more real view. So yeah. maybe that's why it affected me as much so sure. much. But. Uh, I I can't recommend it enough. If you want like a little glimpse into like real Ireland, real Dublin, uh, Stardust the podcast is um, is out there. And sorry, it's a bit down. How many that. episodes is it? It's just six. Six. And we, you know, and they're only like thirty five minutes sure. each. We're usually quite happy-go-lucky here. I would like to think anyway. And obviously this isn't. But I think it's powerful and it's moving and it, you know it's worth checking out if you if you uh, are interested in it. And here we are at the uh, final usual bookend of our podcast. Um, what's it called? Uh, well, I love the acronym,
2: just MILTAS, like whenever <laughs> we spell it out on yeah. to each other. Uh, Put on a t-shirt. We should.
0: MILTAS. Yeah. MILTAS. It
2: seems so official, like, yeah. like a scary military acronym or something.
0: Yeah, we're going to MILTAS you in the yeah. face. Yeah. You're going to get test
2: right now. It only now. works. It doesn't work if I say like movies that you love. Then you can't. <laughs> then the acronym is gone. <laughs> so it's right. got to be movies that I love, right? Yeah, movies I love that are shit.
0: So this one I have for you, sir Adam, uh, does not know what it is. Nope. Um, it's from 1988. Um, it is um uh, directed by Craig Or Baxley. You will not know him. I don't know. He didn't do a lot. He also did actually. He was stunt coordinator. Um. Before he is his first directorial debut, and he directed um, Stone Cold with Brian Boswick. See okay, that movie? Yeah. He directed I Come in Peace, aka Dark Angel, with uh, Dolph Lundgren okay. as well. And that's kind of it. He did a lot of TV, but an awful lot of stunt work. All right. um, um, him Written by Robert Renu, who um, the only other notable thing he wrote was Demolition Man, which is also a yeah, fits yeah, in. And that's fine. Right. <laughs> oh, a lot of these movies fit into this category yeah. and could pop up at a later date. Okay. Um, starring Carl Weathers. Craig T. Nelson, Vanity, Sharon Stone, Bill Duke, Robert Davi, Sonny Landham, and Al Leong, who I'll get to him in a minute. Annie Clue, 1988, produced by Laura Productions. Carl Weathers, Craig
2: T. Nelson, is that what you said? Yeah, Coach. Oh man, no, I got... I think I should just play the trailer and okay. not even tell you. Um, Here's I mean, the trailer. I would think with that cast list, I'd be able to yeah. sort it out. Here's the trailer.
0: Why do they call you Action anyway? Oh, Action Jackson. Boom. Right,
2: yeah. Why, Carl Weathers, duh. Why didn't it? Right. Jesus. No,
1: He's a cop who carries no weapon. This Jackson is so vicious. let him have a gun. He's a maverick who answers to no one you to let boy's arm off. He had a spear. <laughs> Jesus. who's no talk.
2: I bet I can make
1: you change your mind. Fast all action. How do you like your ribs? The indefatigable Action Cats. Yes. <laughs> the one big fella. Some action. You haven't learned
2: your lesson teach me. Oh, Jesus. Jesus. You sure could teach Mr. T a thing or two.
1: So allow me to lay my healing hands upon you. What do you want from me?
2: I want you to
1: die. <laughs> One, two, To hit you again, you probably slap my little body right through. I was thinking about it. Carl Weathers is action Jackson, and action is on the way. That's exactly what I was
0: gonna say. Uh, soundtrack by the Pointer Sisters, there, yeah.
1: Uh, this that sound familiar. Is 80s. Oh, yeah.
0: I mean, it's fucking stinks of 80s. <laughs> yep. Um, it's
2: almost a little too late, too, in 88, by yeah. that point. Like, it's really about Complete. four or five years too, or too late.
0: Um, so, the film, this film grew out of Predator, one of our favourite films. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a year prior, uh, Carl Weathers made Predator sure. with Arnold Schwarzenegger, yep. and also uh, produced by Joel Silver. And it was on the set of Predator, he started talking to Joel Silver, about, you know, films and future stuff. And Joel Silver, I guess, was a huge fan of the exploitation movies, okay. which had run its course at this yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. And it hadn't re- didn't really come back until when they start remaking Shaft with uh, Samuel L. Jackson. Yep. So, um, but he talked about how he loved those movies, and so they kind of discussed making one. Did uh, they
2: just, like, right there come up with the plot? Carl it's... Weathers came up with the name and oh. said,
0: I, Action Jackson, um... <laughs> And the story kind of grew from there. They said, I'm, and then Joseph "Was I'm going to get a fucking guy to write this?" Oh boy! And he did, and it, it, it's this movie. It's fucking good. Still, I just it? watched yeah, it again. I rewatched yeah. it. And I don't it? always rewatch these because I just sometimes kind of pull, you don't have to. Yeah, I just pull from my memory. Yeah, it's funny. Um, you know, you would know that... Through the, an 80s lens. Right, yes. You would know that the director was a former stunt coordinator. And like, like he was, like he was on the set, right, he was the stunt coordinator for Predator. Uh, Bill Duke was on the set, obviously, um, who stars in this movie too. He was, star- he started in yeah. Predator. And Sonny Landon also was on the set. He's in this movie too as a, as a, uh, a junkie pimp guy. Sure. Which is Sonny Landon, that's the way he played every time. Right. Except for him in Predator. So there is a huge Predator, like, thread through this movie. So, um, it's um, it, everything explodes. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. Boof, 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 everything explodes. Everything's hard hitting, punching. Sure, um, but it is fun and it's funny. It made me laugh multiple times. So, if if I remember, was he like a demoted? He he had gotten demoted by Craig T. Nelson. It's super character. convoluted too, right? Yeah, he was a lieutenant demoted to sergeant for beating the shit out of Craig T. Nelson's son, who was a sexual predator. Tore his arm off. And he said, "We had another one." He just it, he just heard that line yeah. in the trailer, um, and he got the motor from Sergeant. He and they Also, yeah, he had a spare. They also took his gun off of him, so he was a cop. wasn't no, allowed carry a gun, right? But he's such a bad motherfucker, he didn't need one. Yeah, you know that was the whole thing. Sure, action, Jackson Jackson. I yeah. mean, yeah, Jericho, Sergeant Jericho Jackson is his full name. So, um, like I said, Craig T. Nelson, Coach, as some kind of you know uh, m- auto magnet, like he was a car manufacturer, like kind uh, of think of Henry Ford. Right. only with really bad hair and dark eyebrows and also a karate expert sure. which is correct in that in this movie yeah. um, but um, Bill Duke inter- interestingly enough also uh, directed one of uh, a really really excellent movie if you haven't seen it called Deep Cover starring um, um, Lawrence Fishburne um, Ellen Barkin and um, Jeff Goldblum okay. if you haven't seen Deep Cover definitely check it out it's a great cop uh, like um, cop undercover movie but it made me laugh a lot. It, well, let me just get uh, budget was seven million. It made about twenty, so it did make oh, some good money. Okay, yeah. Um, but they they it was if you watch the movie now, you could see how they wanted to make a franchise out of it, uh, or at it least make just a my more. next question. And the issue was that Larmer, who made the film, produced the movie, then sold, and they split their their assets between their their sets to Sony. And then their their library, their, so their library stuff. Somebody got action. Somebody got Jackson. Right, <laughs> yeah, right. The action went to Sony, and the Jackson went <laughs> to Warner Brothers, and they didn't fucking get to make yeah, another movie. No, now, bad. weirdly enough, though, the, uh, uh, in nineteen ninety two years later. Uh, they released a uh, Carl Weathers film called Dangerous Passion, which in some countries around the world they just called Action Jackson 2. <laughs> They're like, fuck it. His name isn't Jackson, and no, no We're, one's going to uh, fuck it. Like, no sub, one's going to add No one's going to know. There's subtitles anyway, so just. Yeah, uh, we'll just. It's Action Jackson 2. Right, yeah. That's what it is. That's racist, but okay. <laughs> it kind of is. But um, I would say Carl Weathers had such charisma. Yeah, and he did. And he's a beautiful looking Still man. Still does, by the Still way. Still does. And he's a beautiful looking man. And of course, he's in Mandalorian now. Yep. It's great to see him in that. Um, he, he he was designed to be a leading action yeah, figure, yeah. and this film was supposed to be the springboard into that. And it just never happened to him. If he was, I would say, if he was around in twenty nineteen now, he would have probably more of a chance. And because if you think about it, has there been aside from the black exploitation movies? I don't think there's been a, like a, a black kind of, uh, uh, maybe Idris Elba or like a franchise picture put behind like a black kind of movie star. None that I can think of. Blade. Anyway. I mean, maybe Blade, Wesley Snipes touched into that and maybe Black Panther will too. Yeah. But it's long oh, overdue. I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he, I yeah. mean, yeah, Carl oh, Weathers, absolutely. oh my yeah. God, so charismatic. For sure. Um, let me see, what else do I have on here? Um, he's a, he was a high school track star in the movie and then um, uh, a Harvard Law School graduate. Uh, Action Jackson oh, was boy. then decided to be a cop. <laughs> Isn't he deal. like too big to be a track star? How's that work? I don't know. Okay. Um, but there is a bit in it where it is a car chase and yeah. he doesn't chase in his car, he runs. After the car. Because he was a track star, man. Yeah. Um yeah. but it's it's very, very eighties. And um uh I would say Craig T. Nelson's Platinum Blonde Hair kind of as a standout in the movie. Really weird. And he's such a great heel. That's such a great bad well, guy. Well that's what i would
2: say like as soon as he's on the screen, are you just like bad guy? Oh
0: fuck, totally the bad guy. Sharon Stone, very little known at this time, yeah. Um, was in this movie and um and uh they she get murdered. She does get murdered. Yeah. She does get killed by her husband, who is Craig T. Nelson. Craig T. Nelson, yeah. There you and go. Uh, uh, there, there was a part in that towards the end where he's in a car and he drives the car through the front door of the house and then up the stairs, <laughs> and then round the corner and then through the bedroom to try and stop Craig T. Nelson from killing his girlfriend, oh, va- who's vanity. Right. Um, there's, like, I laughed out loud during multiple moments. There's a bit where uh, there's a guy gets harpooned and the guy he's standing beside... Um, Cause the guy gets harpooned and he goes, "Ooh!" And the other guy goes, "I got some tons if you need them." <laughs> like, just geez. I mean, it's just so fucking funny, yeah. and ridiculous. And then there's um, there's a bit where it was in the trailer. He goes barbecue to this guy, one of the invisible men, who these kind of um, this kind of crack team that Craig T Nelson has, bumping off all these union heads right, yeah. so we can gain power. And honestly, he's he's kind of a Trumpian. Figure he's on his way to become the president, not to be the president, but be the kingmaker. Oh, I'm going to be behind the throne, but I'm yeah. going to get power from this. I'm taking over this union. They have so much power, and then it's all it's political motivations. So he's bumping off all these trade union heads, and so he can put his guy in. But uh, there's a bit where he kills one of the invisible men, his crack commando squad team that he's had he's been that he's been using to kill people, and uh, he, Carl Weathers' action chest goes barbecue. How'd you like your ribs? As he shoots his. Uh, uh, grenade rocket launcher thing at the guy into his chest yes. and blows him up. Um, there's a great moment in it and I don't know why I liked it so much when Craig T. Nelson him and him are having a fight uh, um, towards the end of the movie and he's beating the shit out of him as he, as he do. He shoves his head through the windscreen of the, of the car that he's driven up. He's <laughs> already driven up into the bedroom to, to fight him at the end and um, Craig T. Nelson's like beating him down and he gives him some like elbows and stuff and then was like snaps out of it. He got Hulk Hogan moment, like he's just adrenaline surging. Sure. Now you've really pissed me off, <laughs> and he beats the ever loving fuck out of him. It's fucking great. It's fun, silly eighties movie. It's like Ricochet. Um, um, it's like um, no, actually Ricochet is a better movie, but it's got <laughs> it's got like it's got that kind of. Um, tango and Cash esque yeah, sure. kind of likeability yeah. about it, shitty um, but funny. Yeah, um, and it's um, I, I'd say, man, it, it's okay. It's it's it hasn't some of these films we do sometimes don't age very well. Yeah. It's a Darkman House. Um, and <laughs> recently, we've just done those, but Action Jackson's okay. It's still it hangs it stands up a little bit, and I think it's because of the the charisma of Car Weather. Sure, he was such a watchable dude, and the name kind of tells you what you're in for too. Yeah. you know like don't you're, you're in for, for some Jackson it's called Action and you're, you're in for some action it's not yeah um, I will say something here there is one last thing I'd like to mention about this movie it led me into it so Al Leong who's in this is the if you think of 80s Asian actor action bad guy who are you thinking of long haired kind of short guy kind of balding yeah, yeah mustache that's who Al Leong is right he's in Die Hard They Live Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, Lethal Weapon, Last Action Hero, Escape from LA, Rapid Fire, Black Rain, Big Trouble in Little China, The Shadow. He's in all those movies as the henchman. Sure. And I'm thinking about because when I look through that list, it's kind of like he's in the Miltus. Like he is oh, in wow. every Miltus film. Just gonna
2: track him and just so like, maybe
0: we just call yeah. Miltus the alley or call it movies that i shit brought to you by Al Young or something like that. Or we have like um.
2: Couldn't you do the same with like Bolo Young as well? I mean, like I feel like there's those... No, I
0: don't think he's as prevalent as Al is in, in in a lot of the films that we talk about in this segment of our show.
2: Uh, yeah, I know exactly who you're talking about.
0: So yeah. yeah, you you everyone out there who's seen any of those films go, can put that together yeah. really quickly. Like he was only the only real Asian American who's in these films as the henchman, the kind of bad guy. He always gets it at right. some point and probably never had a speaking part. Yeah. But I'm sure he made a shit ton of money. He was a stunt but I'm, I'm gonna do a deeper dive into him yeah and drill maybe down the, on that and see if maybe the next episode we'll discuss him at length wow okay um, and if we, if we had our own t-shirt line we would have him his face emblazoned on a t-shirt i think yeah so that's action jackson yeah uh what a what a fun movie uh that's our show for this week and um, thanks everyone for listening thank you for listening as always yeah and um, uh, follow us at Space invader on twitter or at hate space um, on Instagram and um, Facebook.
2: Smash those like buttons and follow. Yeah, leave us a review, whatever you want. Say hello.
0: Uh, come see us uh, December the 11th um, at Armour, introducing um, Christmas Vacation, the 35th anniversary of that movie, or 30th anniversary of that movie. 30th, 30th yeah. Of Christmas Vacation. We're going to intro that at 7 p.m. Um, tickets are available now for five bucks, which is pretty much
2: nothing yeah come hang out with us in the lobby and have a beer yeah. And and um yeah we'll, we'll, we'll come, ch- come you lay after eyes after on this. us
0: if you want to and um i get your tickets as soon as you can because i'll probably end up selling this out because it's quite cheap and it's the time of the year it's the time that it is um yeah anything else i think just thanks wallace thanks
2: wallace and tim and phil i mean up no, tim dustin and phil and tim too Tim, 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 listens tim, to tim yeah and everyone who that's listens who to I the was show thinking. you know it's funny i had the conversation with tim but in my mind it was with dustin and that's yeah. why i kept saying I like now dustin said it was good to hear your voice and then tim was the one saying like it's this nerdy podcast so yeah yeah, so so thanks so thanks
0: everyone for listening please keep listening tell your friends and um let us know if you have anything that you dream up is like hey you should talk about this we will totally talk about it Yeah, if we like it and if we think it's appropriate and uh and we'll give you a shout out but um yeah good luck.